You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. God bless you. So glad you are with us again today. I know we're doing a little bit uh, later, and uh, I, I, I got bad news for you because for for at least for a little while we're gonna have to keep it at this time for a couple of weeks because I got some I got a lot of stuff going on that I, I can't break break free uh, earlier uh, for the next I don't know at least a month. Uh, so I'm gonna have to just we're gonna have to do it at this same time. I know some of you got to get up and go to work, but it's Labor Day tomorrow, so some of you don't have to go to work, but normally some of you would have to go to work, and you know, I, I, we may be long-winded tonight, because sometimes we get long-winded, because we're not going to rush, and if you got to check out, we understand you can listen to the rest a little bit later, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here as, as always. Uh, God bless Brother Anthony 
in the chat room. Our brother JLC has put the links down. God bless you, JLC. My brother Howard, glad to see you all. Uh, it's good to be here. Uh, uh, so, oh, I, I always say I'm good with that. <laughs> so needs this. Uh, I'm tell I need it too, brother. I, I had a. It's been a long day and a long hard day for me. So I I may need it worse than y'all need it today. I'm telling you, boy, I need it. Uh, anyway, you know we've been doing a series, and um, this week is week four of our uh, series. And um, last week we we left off. On uh, chapter 7 of John's Gospel, we've been going through and talking about the Lord Jesus as it, it, it was given to the John to, to John by the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a couple of things that some people that read first read John, they seem to think that Jesus is a little upset sometimes, but I see nothing but love. The only people you see Jesus being upset with is the so-called leaders. And the reason he's upset with these so-called leaders is because they're mistreating his people. <laughs> uh, they're not looking out for the people. The so-called leaders are not. And Jesus is upset with this. And so it, you will see some harshness sometimes as we've been going through uh, the dialogue the Lord Jesus has been having uh, with these um, so-called leaders. It, it, Some may appear that, boy, Jesus sure, surely is... Is uh seems a little bit upset with some of these people, but uh, he's not really upset. Jesus is just proclaiming the truth, and they don't like the truth. You, you will find out that a lot of people really don't like the truth, even the ones who say, give it to me, unadulterated. They really don't like the truth, because the truth can be hard sometimes. I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes you be reading scripture, you be saying, golly, Lord. Uh, you got to be talking to me. Are you trying to whip on me again, Lord? I mean, that hurts. <laughs> now, this week, we, we, we come to chapter 8 of the uh, gospel according to John. Some scholars have argued if uh, about this portion. If you look at portion John 7, 53 over to John 8 and 11, some say uh, it don't belong in, in John's gospel. Many of the early Greek manuscripts omit this particular section, but there's plenty of them that have it in there. Now, you may see it in some Bibles where there's an asterisk next to it. I believe great men like Augustine did not speak on this story because he thought, and this is Augustine, who's just a brilliant mind, he thought it made Jesus look like he was being okay with adultery, but that's not what it was. If you read the text, we're going to go through it. But it has been studied enough for most of the scribes. Uh, they, they didn't know what section did it go this part of John's gospel, but they were content that it actually went there. It wasn't for sure if it's supposed to go after uh, John 7, uh, verse 40, 52, I'm sorry, or not. But the bottom line is, is it, it, it is part of the gospel. Also, most of the early Christian writers talked about this particular story. I believe that most of the debate is not if it belongs in the gospel, but where does it belong in the gospel? And the 8th chapter of John's gospel starts off by talking about the Lord going to the Mount of Olives. Many believe it was for uh, his, him to get a little rest when he went to the Mount of Olives. Uh, I'm sure he fueled up with some prayer 
while he was there resting because that's what his uh, custom was. And then early he appears in the temple courts to teach his class. Class is in section. Uh, Dr. Jesus has has opened up a university of heavenly knowledge uh, 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 down there in the temple courts. I like to be in one of those classes that the master was teaching. It says all the people gathered around him to hear Professor Jesus teach. <laughs> you ain't never been in a class until you've been in Dr. Jesus' class. Yeah, they say we going down to the temple because uh, the one they call Jesus, he's down there teaching a seminar again. Because every time uh, he preaches and teaches, uh, somebody in the audience said, we ain't never heard it like this before. They say we better get down here because the master is teaching lesson. I mean, class is in session. But it appears that the class is being interrupted. I think it's kind of rude, actually, when you read the text, because it says that Jesus was teaching the people, but all of a sudden there was an interruption in his classroom. Did you, did you read that in your text? It, 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 it's being interrupted by some teachers of the law and the Pharisees, the so-called leaders, interrupts the master's class. That's just downright disrespectful. Why didn't he wait till he finished teaching? A couple of things will stick out in their interruption. Uh, first thing is they uh, address the master as a teacher. And we all know they did not consider him as their teacher. You see, you got to be careful when people use them false praises. Jesus, so he sees all through that. Yeah, they're going to address him as teacher. That was like anxious to get in there. Like, we can't wait till you finish teaching. Stop what you're doing right now. We are interrupting you, Jesus. Teacher. And if he is the teacher, why are they not in class then? That's the question. Uh, he needs to mark him for a tardy. Because class had begun. Not only did they not show up for class when he started teaching, they interrupt his class. When y'all went to school, could you just bust in the class and just interrupt the teacher? It better be an emergency, you know what I mean? They say to him, listen what they say. Teacher, this here woman here, uh, yeah, this woman here, uh, was caught in the act of adultery. And in the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman now what do you say? <laughs> did you did you did you did you did you hear that? You hear the sarcasm in their voice? What do you say about it? Well, what you waiting on then? <laughs> if that's what the law called for, why you coming to me? <laughs> what I would have said. You go take care of that then. Why y'all bringing that to me? Now the second thing you will notice is if they are the teachers of the law and the big shot Pharisees, why do they need Jesus? Uh, interrupting Jesus to, to interpret the law for them. Y'all the teachers, right? Y'all said in Moses' seat, if they are so sure that the proper punishment is stoning, why bring the woman over to Jesus? Dragging this woman all through the streets saying, we're going to take you to Jesus. They don't even like Jesus. <laughs> all these people are something else. I'm sure y'all don't know nobody like that, right? The only time they want to talk about Jesus is they want to say, you supposed to love Jesus because they want to get you to conform to something that they're doing that contradicts what Jesus said. They say, that's not of Jesus now. You're being judgmental. 
Now, just go ahead and stone her if you think the law gives you that right. You don't need to go talk to the master. Now, I want you to know uh, that the law uh, uh, does say if a man, listen what it says, if a man commits adultery with another man's wife, with the wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and the adulteress are to be put to death. Leviticus 20 and 10. Also, may I add that the Lord Jesus is not saying that the woman was not wrong. <laughs> He's not saying adultery is okay. But the Bible says the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. Adultery is a sin. Just like lying is a sin. Just like murder and homosexuality and worshiping false gods is a sin. It does not take but one to get you into hell. Just one. I know sometimes we want to look at other sins and say, that's what, uh, that's, that's what, that's what bad. Well, some sin, oh, you get more punishment for some sins. There, that's why, like, e even in our laws, you're not going to get the same charge for shoplifting as you do for murder, right? That'd be absurd. <laughs> We're going to give you capital punishment. You shoplift a loaf of bread. He murdered five people. Y'all got the same sentence. That doesn't make any sense. So there is consequences behind certain sins that carries a greater punishment. Some sins will cost you more on earth, but all sin is breaking God's law. But the master also smells. You, did you smell that? Because I smell it too. The master smells it. I think it smells like hypocrisy on these so-called leaders' breath. Uh, let's read it again. Leviticus 20 and 10. Again, it says, If a man commits adultery with another man's wife, with the wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and the adulteress are to be put to death. So my first question is, where's the man? You see, you see, you see the dilemma here? They, they say they're against adultery. So why is the woman coming by? She can't commit adultery by herself. <laughs> It says bring, now according to the law that they're quoting, it says bring the man and the woman. They said, nope, mm -mm. Oh, we're not going to bring the man. We just want to get this man. We want to catch Jesus in a lie. For all we know, it could have been one of these so-called leaders that was caught with the woman. Mm, never thought about that one, did you? <laughs> Maybe they're trying to protect one of their friends. We're not going to bring him. We're just bringing her. She's the one guilty. No, no, that's not what Moses. You said you're going by Moses' law, right? So according to Moses' law, the man and the woman had to become get stoned in. So they, 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 I smell hypocrisy here. So where is the man that she's committing adultery with? Hmm. Uh, okay, then. All right. Uh, you see, this is a, a trick that the devil uses. He will only quote part of a text. He's good at doing that. So... If we are going to stone the woman, uh, we need you to get the man also before the stoning begins. The text goes on, the text goes on to say in verse 6, they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. They haven't learned their lesson. You can't catch the master in a trap. Mm. Boy, these boys, they, they, they hard-headed. That's why they said we got to kill him because we, we can't trip him up. He just knows more scripture than us. He knows how to quote it. He knows how to embarrass us. So we just got to kill him. <laughs> That's the only option we, we got left because it's obvious every time we start going to go get him into something, he end up embarrassing us. So it's not that they hate people committing adultery so much. It's not like they are upset because someone has broken God's law. They're not upset with that. 
You don't know nobody like that. Huh? Certain things they want to be upset with. Yo, so I'm upset about. I'm really offended. Oh, you that really offends you? Okay, then. What about if you, you did this right here? What about if your friend did this or your, your so-called hero did the same thing? Well, that's different. The real motive is to trap Jesus in a way that they could have ammunition to accuse him of a sin. And we got to get him in some kind of way. The strange thing is, if you look at over in Deuteronomy chapter uh, 17, it talks about stoning people who have worship other gods. I wonder why they didn't bring that one up. Deuteronomy 17, you can read it for yourself. It talks about stoning people who have worship other gods. It talks about people who have the sun or the moon or the stars in the sky, and they're worshiping these things. So technically, most, if not all, of these leaders have been worshiping false gods. Let's stone them too then. So we're going to start, start getting a lot of stones, some bricks up here, and just start just busting people upside the head then. So remember that they tried many things to trip the Lord Jesus up. He normally just takes them to school and shuts them down. So this time they are saying we have a slam dunk on this one. We got him now. He won't be able to talk his way out of this. We caught this woman in the very act. <laughs> they said this is airtight. We got Jesus now, boy. Who's to say that they did not know all the time what she and the man had been doing and they just ignored it. They're just looking for this. We got to get something. They probably had. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Their concern is not uh, weeping over a, a person's shortcomings. They are simply consumed with destroying the master. And why do they want to be uh, 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 so anxious about him getting something wrong? Why is their motivation is just trying to get Jesus to do something wrong? In other words, we need to get Jesus to sin. Why would the so-called leaders try to force Jesus into some kind of way of sin. Not that it's possible, but why are they trying so hard? Because his righteousness makes them uncomfortable. I'm telling you. His righteousness makes them uncomfortable. That's why many of the so-called teachers, administrators, and so-called leaders want to corrupt the children's mind. Hmm. No, 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 no. Don't ignore that one now. See, when you see the kids, trying to, they're trying to corrupt children in school, and they're trying to corrupt little children. See, they are threatened by the innocent of the child. Cause most, and I don't mean the child is sinless, but the child is innocent. Sometimes children can be so trusting and innocent. And these sick individuals want to per pervert the children's minds. It makes them feel better if we can destroy the innocence of the children. It will make these leaders feel better if Jesus was not so perfect. He's too perfect. We got to get some on him. He's making us uncomfortable. Listen to how they approach the Lord Jesus. You can almost hear it in their words. Teacher, this woman, who is this woman, Hoppo? This woman was caught in the act of adultery. And the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what do you say about that, Master, since you're so smart? Teacher. It's as if they are patting their feet, waiting on Jesus to hurry up and get it wrong. Like, come on, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. Make it snappy, Jesus. Now, I bet you they had discussed how or what sin or situation could they use 
to trip up Jesus. Oh, I'm going somewhere. They probably had a board meeting. And the uh, the final vote was, let's catch a woman in the act of adultery. And I know a woman, matter of fact, she's been doing it for a while because she, she, she was sleeping with one of the Pharisees. <laughs> I'm not saying it's, but it happened, but it's possible. Because I bet they had a board meeting. It don't say they did, but I bet they had a meeting. We need to find something else. Because when we say this, he trip us up on this. If we say that, we trip him up, he trip us up on that. What if we catch a woman in the very act? Good job. That's wonderful, Mr. Sadducee, Mr. Scribe, Mr. Pharisee. Can we get a vote of hands? All says A, nay, yay, oh, yay. Everybody says yay. I wonder what Nicodemus in this board meeting when they came. I don't think Nicodemus was there. Yeah, because Nicodemus, he, he had that meeting with Jesus. And once you meet Jesus and your heart is changed, yeah, you can't go back. Because they are not interested in catching a man in the act of adultery, just the woman. So they are standing there, patting their feet, waiting on the Lord to answer their question. It says, but Jesus. <laughs> I love this. It says, but G can you see this in your mind? Can you picture it in your mind? Here they are just rushing up, interrupting the master's class while he's teaching. So he had to have an audience there, right? Because he was teaching uh, in, in right there in the, in the temple courts. So it had to be an audience. He ain't teaching himself. So they interrupt his class and they're anxious to get him and catch him in the sum. And they say, we're going to need you to answer. What do you say? And the Bible says, but Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. That is so disrespectful, Jesus. These so-called Huppity leaders are asking you a question. They demand an answer. See, sometimes you can't dignify people with answers. I'm telling you. They don't really want the answer. <laughs> they they asking you just for an argument. Don't waste your time. Quit casting your pearls to swine. These swines don't want the truth. They said, we need to know right now, Jesus, what do you say? And all of a sudden, the master, he had never done this before. Normally, he shuts them up with his words. All of a sudden, the master, he just stoops down on the ground and starts writing in the dirt with his finger. Now, there has been lots of speculation on what he was writing. <laughs> Some say he could have been writing their sins in the sand. It's possible, like you did such and such. I know you did this. He could have been writing that. It doesn't say, but it's possible. Some may even suggest he wrote. The, the, the man's name on whom the woman committed adultery with. <laughs> like such and such, bring him to me. <laughs> I don't know what he was writing, but I mean, I like to just see their faces when he's just down here. He, they, they sitting there patting their feet with the woman standing there. All the people in the audience, his classroom is waiting. He's teaching a lesson. Though. Woo, he's good at teaching a lesson. Oh, the master know how to shut him down. Boy. Shut him down. They said, we need an answer. So class is in session still. Don't you think class is out yet? No, no, no. Uh-uh. I guess we got a couple of volunteers here. <laughs> Some may even say he was writing the Ten Commandments in the sand. But it's, it's also possible that he may have been simply ignoring these hypocrites. <laughs> it could be that the master is saying, I'm not going to dignify you hypocrites with an answer. Because he knew their motives and their intentions. But these so-called leaders 
are not going to let this one go. No, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Don't work like that. Because uh, in the Sanhedrin uh, board meeting, they said we must press him for an answer. Let's not leave until he answers us. We got to get him in the room. So it says when they kept on questioning him like, Jesus, what you going to answer us? Come on, come on, come on, come on. It said they kept pressing the question. Now he's down here writing in the sand and they're still with this woman standing up here talking about, uh, is you going to answer the question or not? And, and, the, and the text says when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Wait for it. Oh, my God. I just get happy when the Lord does, does these kind of stuff. It just does my soul. It just it really does my soul. It, it, it makes me overjoyed. My cup runneth over. <laughs> it says he straightened up and said to them, wait for it. Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Boom. Woo. God Almighty, Jesus. That cut deep. He cut him to the white meat on that one. Woo! Boy, he got a he got a way of just shutting people down. I mean, see, they ain't see this one coming. That's like he threw a curveball and that thing went in and out and back in and out and then stopped and then went forward again. Strike out. <laughs> wow. Woo! I mean, let anyone who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Woo! You see. They were on fire wanting to get an answer. And the Lord just throws a cold cup of water in their faces. Booyah. Hmm. If you go back over to Deuteronomy chapter 17 and verse 6, it says, On the testimony of two or three witnesses, a person is to be put to death. But no one is to be put to death on the testimony of only one witness. And then verse 7 says, The hands of the witnesses must be the first and putting that person to death. And then the hands of all the people. You must purge the evil from among you. Okay then. The master says. You who are without sin. Be the first one. To throw the stone then. Since you are the witnesses. Come on. Get your stone ready. So the Lord is saying. Since you want her stone. I want the one who is sinless. To be the first to do the stone. And since Deuteronomy says. The witness should be the first to put the person to death. Pick up your stones then, scribes and Pharisees. Why don't one of you witnesses that caught her in the very act throw the first rock? In other words, why don't you do your own dirty work? Whoo! Oh, yes indeed, Master Teach. Whoo, that, that Master Boy, he sure know how to teach a class. Mm, mm, mm. Woo! I, I just imagine what the audience was saying. Like his class, what they were saying. Like, whoo, you get a master. Because I'd have been saying, amen, brother. <laughs> amen. Amen, Lord Jesus. <laughs> the Lord could be saying, if you are so sure about the law of Moses, why don't you get to it, boys, and let the stoning begin? He could also be saying, if you are living in a glass house, you might want to think twice about throwing rock. Mm-hmm. Oh, because they, they should have just picked up a rock and said, okay, I got no scene. I'm going to bust upside her head. Now, you see, before they these so-called leaders showed up, the master was teaching his class, was he not? We talked about it. So it could be argued that class is still in session, and the master 
has gotten some volunteers. Okay, then. You know how the teacher used to call you. We got any volunteers want to come to the front of the class? <laughs> let, let, let me see who want to come to the front of the class. And so we did get some volunteers, huh? Okay, then. Uh, the Sanhedrin, the scribes and Pharisees, so-called leaders. Oh, yeah, y'all volunteering. Okay, then. Class, we're going to teach a lesson right now. We're going to give, this is our project for the day, maybe a homework assignment <laughs> on how to shut these critics up. Because it says that after the master said, let anyone of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. It says again. Who he go again. It said again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. He done it again. <laughs> he doing it again Boy that's something else right there First time they came up all anxious He's teaching the class He said let me just stoop down and just write in the, in the sand Got back up Okay then If, if any of y'all would have seen Go ahead and throw the first stone I'm going to go back to doing some writing in the sand right here Okay then go ahead Now either he's writing some important notes In the sand for the class <laughs> Or he's telling them Ain't nobody got time for you hypocrites <laughs> But then something strange happened because the text said at this, those who heard begin to go away, go away, devil. One at a time, the older ones first until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing. Now, someone may say the older ones left first for one or two reasons. They could have been wiser and, and, and they knew that they had been licked again by the master or it could be the older ones remembered that they had more sins to be confessing. <laughs> then the text says, Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin behind. Woo, I don't like he justifying sin to me. He said, I'm going to forgive you, but I want you not to do that no more. Notice that the master does not say what you were doing was okay. He says, I don't condemn you, but stop sinning. Stop your adulterous ways. I do believe the master, uh, the teacher is saying class is dismissed. <laughs> but we had a great lesson today. Can you imagine going to that class and then you go home and say, what, what did y'all talk about in Jesus class today? Well, a couple of these so-called leaders showed up and tried to embarrass the master. And boy, you should have seen what he did. They asked him a question. He just stooped down on the ground and started writing, just ignoring them. What? He did? Yeah. What did, what did they do? They just kept on, kept on. And what did he do? He rose up and says, okay then. Whoever without sin throw the first stone. And he stooped back down and started writing again. He said, what? And what they do? They started leaving. You got to be kidding me, child. <laughs> I wish I'd have been in that class. You need to come, boy. When he teaches, I'm telling you, he's something else. <laughs> and then it says, I am, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whosoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees tells Jesus that he's testifying on his uh, as his own witness. They just they just can't leave it alone. They just can't leave it alone. They say your testimony is not valid because you need at least two witnesses. The Lord tells them even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid for I know where I came from. See. They don't, he's all over their head with that. He always saying stuff like that. I know where I came from. <laughs> he said, I'm not even, I know where I came from <laughs> and where I am going. 
but you have no idea where I come from or where I'm going. Whoo, just, just the way he just uses that language on him, boy, just, just trips him up. He then says, if you need me to call another witness, guess what? I call my father as my witness. <laughs> so, then, so then they ask, where is your father? <laughs> you got to love these dialogues, man. I just be laughing when I look at these dialogues. He said, okay, y'all say I need another witness. You need two, right? Okay, then I'm my witness. And let me call my father. They said, where's your father at? <laughs> Calling God uh, uh, his father is making himself equal with God. That's what the scripture is talking about. Jesus says, you do not know me or my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. The Lord is telling these holy rollers that they do not know God. Then the Lord says, I'm going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sins. Where I go, you cannot come. In other words, the penalty for not believing in me will result in eternal damnation. Now, my Lord goes on to say, you are from below. See, nobody talks like this unless either you're crazy or it's true. <laughs> he goes on to say, you are from below. I am from above. Show me anywhere, anywhere that anybody else in the scripture talks like this. Now, there's some crazy people who think they're from another space. Matter of fact, they had a guy on the bus and he was saying that he was, uh, he thought he was Jesus. But I can guarantee he ain't Jesus. There's a lot of people can't claiming to be Jesus or claiming to be from another planet. They act like they're from another planet, but their works don't testify that they are of another world. Jesus says, you're from below. I'm from above. You are from this world. I'm from, not from of this world. Now, why would he say that? Unless he has already been in existence before he got here. I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am he, you will indeed die in your sins. It does not get any plainer than that. <laughs> then the scripture says, he said to the Jews who believed in him, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Mm. Not hold to your own teaching. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. See, don't make it up as you go. Just because you get around a certain crowd, you can't say, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to offend nobody. No, he said, if you hold to my teaching, you are my disciples. Then you will know the truth. Here it is. And the truth will set you free. Set me free, Jesus. He said, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. See, once you get free with the truth, you're not going to be enslaved again. Oh, no, you will not. The truth is what sets you free. Once you have tasted of the Lord's truth and the Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's perpetually good. Always. He says that uh, uh, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. <laughs> he is the truth. <laughs> so you got to know him. You will be uh, you will not be concerned about what those who are in darkness thinks about you once you get the truth. Why are you concerned with those walking in darkness, what they think about you? Jesus says, know the truth and the truth will set you free. They're in darkness. Why are you concerned with them? You see, knowing the truth is knowing him. He, he, he will later say in the 16th chapter of John, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. That sounds kind of arrogant, Jesus. He seems very narrow-minded. We say now 
Notice that we stay in bondage until we get to know the Lord Jesus. See, I've been, I have been in bondage until I got to know him. Once I know him, I didn't care what nobody else thought. I don't care. Some people say that sounds arrogant when you say, I'm not saying it because of me. I'm saying it because if they don't know Jesus, why would I be concerned about what they think? I'm not concerned of what you think. You don't know Jesus. Because if you knew Jesus, you would be agreeing with me. <laughs> when the Lord Jesus sets you free, it stops you from being concerned about what people think about you. You are not concerned what your enemies think because you are more focused on pleasing the one who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. But then the so-called leaders wanted to get haughty. They said, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. Ooh, so dignified. How can you say that we shall be set free? We are not, we Abraham's children. First thing I like to say is that Abraham's descendants were enslaved in Egypt. I don't know which, which part of that they're not reading, but I mean, I mean, what, what do you mean <laughs> that you've never been slave? You you say you're the descendants of Abraham, right? I mean, technically speaking, they were 400 years at least. They were over there in Egypt, so I don't know what you're talking about, but they, they don't understand that they are slaves right now as we speak. They're not only the descendants of the ones who were enslaved, they're slaves right now. And it's bad to be a slave and don't know you're a slave. See, you got done this. Let me help you out right now. I'm going to teach you some spiritual something right now. It's easy to identify people who are enslaved uh, to not knowing the truth. <laughs> you can tell when you talk to them. Ain't no need you trying to get you going to convince them. If the Holy Spirit don't open up their mind, you might as well just ram your head into a brick wall. When I was younger, boy, I used to be back and forth. Back. I don't waste my time. Bam, here it is. If you want it, that's fine. My job is to just plant the seed. My job is just sometimes, sometimes I may be planted, you may be watered, or you may be watered, and I may be planted. It, it just it, you just never know. But but your job is to be obedient, so you can't be concerned about that because the master says, "Verily, truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin." Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Lord have mercy. I know that you are Abraham's descendant, Jesus says, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the father's presence. He keeps saying he came from heaven. You think that's natural if Jesus is not claiming to be God? He keeps saying he was in heaven. With the father. And you are doing what you have heard from your father. That sounds, that's not the Jesus I know. <laughs> the Lord Jesus is saying that father is the devil. I just, I just, that doesn't sound like the Jesus I know. He sounds so judgmental. <laughs> he says, everyone who sin is a slave to sin. So you might want to ask, who is your master? <laughs> This dialogue in the 8th chapter sounds like the dialogue from chapter 7. In chapter 7, he told them he would only be with them a short time. You remember that? And then he would be leaving. In chapter 7, he says, yes, you know me and you know where I am from. I am not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I am from him 
and he sent me. Mm, mm, mm. I just don't know how nobody can read this stuff in John and be thinking that Jesus is not what he's claiming to be. I mean, you can't get no plainer in this. I mean, you got to be almost trying to close your eyes. No, you're blind. You need to get born again and you can see it. The text then says, at this they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. Guess why? Because his hour had not yet come. Mm. Chapter 8, it says that they said, Abraham is our father. Here we go again. Abraham is our father. They keep saying this. It's amazing to me these people keep on saying the same thing. Abraham is our father. We love the law of Moses. You understand, before I go on, you understand what they're actually saying. You remember when Moses was actually on the earth? Was the same children of Israel constantly going against Moses too? And these are the same Pharisees. They're the descendants of the ones who went against Moses. They're not following Moses' law. These are the descendants of those stiff-necked people that died in the wilderness because they was hard-headed. The same ones. <laughs> these are the children of the same ones because they keep saying they love the law of Moses. But they act just like the stiff-necked. They're the same ones who built their calves. These are the descendants of the calf builders, the golden calves. That's who these people are. Jesus says to them, if you were Abraham's children, then you would do what Abraham did. Sounds very simple to me. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me. A man who has told you the truth. Woo! You see what he said? You're looking to kill me because I told you the truth. It's the most dangerous thing you can ever do to anyone. Don't let nobody tell you anything different. You, you'll be better off. You can probably torture somebody live, rob a bank. I mean, you do all kinds of stuff and get away with it. But telling the truth is the most dangerous thing you can do in, in our society today. It's the most hated thing. Telling the truth is the most hated thing. Jesus says, as it is, you are looking for a way to kill me. A man who has told you the truth. That I heard from God, Abraham did not do such a thing. <laughs> you are doing the works of your own father. Notice the patience that the Lord Jesus shows to those who are truly seeking him. You ever notice that? He shows patience. If you go to, uh, uh, when he was in uh, talking to Nicodemus, even though Nicodemus was a Pharisee, he showed patience with Nicodemus. Because Nicodemus was looking for the truth. The, the woman is at Samaria. The man who, the invalid man. See, Jesus shows, the man who, uh, the, 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 the official, the raw official came and his son needed to be healed and Jesus said, go, your son will be made whole. But when it comes to these hostile so-called leaders, he exposes their true agenda. Then they say, we are not illegitimate children. The only father we have is God himself. So they went from, uh, we follow Moses' law to we the descendants of Abraham. Now the only father we have is God. They had a problem with him saying God was his father. Now they're saying the same thing. Jesus says to them, if God were your father, you would love me. Mm. For I have come uh, here from God. He just keeps saying it. Have you noticed that it, it, throughout John, he keeps telling them, I came from God. If nothing else you get through the gospel of John, he's making it clear, I came from heaven. I have not come to do my own. God sent me. <laughs> when he says, if, it means, since God is not your father, you don't love me. He might as well say, God is not your father, that's why you don't love me. 
The Lord Jesus is saying, anyone who does not love him cannot know the Father. That sounds kind of narrow-minded, is it? But that's what that's what he's saying. In order to know the Father, in order to get to know the Father, you must love Jesus. I don't care what religion you're talking about. I don't care how haughty and holy somebody think they are. According to this scripture, according to the Holy Writ, according to the gospel of John, Jesus says, not me, not E.T., uh-uh, 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 not me. The Lord Jesus Christ, the one who was in heaven, says, in order for you to get to know God, in order for you to get to know his father, you got to love him. So if anybody's talking about they're going to heaven and say they don't love Jesus, they're not going to heaven. That's not me. That's Bible. If you got a problem with it, go take it up with Jesus. We'll see how that won't work out for you. One day we'll see who was right. I don't want, I, I'm sorry, but I wouldn't want to wait the judgment day to get that thing right. I'm just saying, boy, be too late then. Mm. I just can't think of how long eternity is of damnation. Yeah, something about gnashing of teeth or something. It sounds very painful. I don't want to experience that. No, uh-uh. No, I just, I'm running to the cross. Uh, but if you don't accept the Lord Jesus as Lord and Savior, you will spend eternity in damnation. So in other words, there's never relief. See, I don't think people understand what he's saying when it says eternal damnation. You should be trying to snatch family members. You should be trying to... It's not loving to be telling somebody what they want to hear and let them go to hell. That's the most unloving thing you can actually come up with if you ask me. I know you're going to be uh, tortured for eternity and because I don't want to hurt your feelings. I'm just going to go with the lie because I don't want to hurt your feelings. You must really hate those people really bad to tell them a lie like that. That's pure hate if you ask me. So you're going to let them go to eternal damnation, eternal hell. There is never relief. See, at least you say, well, at least in a thousand years I get out of uh I get out of hell and I'd be okay then. No, uh-uh. Not a million years, not a trillion years, not fifty trillion years. For eternity you're gonna be tortured. There will never be relief. You will be in pain for eternity. Now just soak that up for a minute. Your loved ones who don't know Jesus will be in etern in eternal hell. That's scary. So that's why I don't try to sugarcoat it with my family. I don't want to sugarcoat it with you. I'm trying to snatch you out of the pit of hell. I'm not going to sugarcoat to make you feel good. I got to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. What are you talking about? I'm supposed to go alone to get alone just because your feelings got hurt. You ain't got your problem not with me. I wish you would go take that with Jesus and stop blaming me for stuff Jesus did. It's what he said. He's the one saying he's from heaven. I'm going to go to heaven, but I'm not from there. Then the Lord says, why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. That don't sound like the Jesus I know. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. That just, boy, he just going on and on with that harsh tone, Jesus. What would Jesus do? That's what he's doing. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you, listen to this, bro. I mean, nobody can say a statement like this. Verse 46. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? Can anybody else make this claim? Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Nobody can make this claim. Not Muhammad, not Buddha, nobody. Not Mary. Nobody can make this claim. Jesus says, 
If one of y'all says something like that, who can who can catch me up? I said, well, let me talk to some family members that you know. Guarantee we can find somebody. <laughs> he says to them in their face, can any of you prove me guilty of sin? He's the sinless one. If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? See, you can't don't 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 you can't get past that verse forty six right there. So, in other words, can anyone who's making these claims against me, can you accuse me of a sin? Can you point out any flaws in my character? Woo, boy, oh, Lord have mercy. That, that, that's got to be just, he got to be hitting them like in the gut when they're not looking or some knocking the wind out of them. He says, since you're so smart and you're upset with my language, what I'm saying, can any of you, I said I'm from heaven, I said I'm going back to the Father, can any of you prove me of sin right now? They had a choice. They could have easily said, yeah, okay, then I can prove you. Why don't they answer him and answer the question? They will not answer the question because he is without sin. Don't you think if he was talking to some hostile people who don't even like him, they would have brought up his sin if he had sin? He said, bring the charges against me. No mere human or angel could make these claims that the Lord is making right here. He's claiming to be sinless. He's claiming to have been with the Father before he came to earth. He's claiming to be the only way to the Father. He goes on to say, whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Sounds very simple to me. I don't know why we got to make things difficult, but that, that's pretty. I mean, you don't even need you don't even need to have to go see what the interpretation is. I mean, even I, I mean, I, I'm not that smart. Even I can read verse 47 and see what he's saying. Whosoever belongs to God, here's what God says. The reason you do not hear it is that you do not belong to God. So in other words, the reason people cannot understand the, the scripture is because they don't belong to God. There's no way to sugarcoat it. I don't need you to think you're going to, going if if these people, this, they're just hostile to Jesus. You cannot preach Jesus. You're talking about, <laughs> thinking you cannot preach Jesus? Are you kidding me? These hostile demons are saying this to the master. He didn't shut them down, say, I ain't got no sin. I came from the father. I'm going back to the father. And they still want to kill him. Now, what makes you think you're going to be able to change these demonic people's mind? Woo! Preach, Lord Jesus. I, this, 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 this just does my soul just comfort. Everybody ain't got to agree with you. Don't make no difference. You Prove it in the scripture then. <laughs> this is not what I say. It does not matter what I say. It does not matter what your pastors say. This is not being judgmental. It's simply the truth. So if a preacher is saying he does not want to judge who goes to heaven by claiming Jesus is the only way. He is simply a coward and it means he does not believe the word of God himself. He ain't worth a grain of salt. He may as well stop preaching the Bible. He may as well start reading Dr. Seuss and start preaching that. Because if somebody asks you point blank, is Jesus the only way? And you say you don't want to be judgmental. You need to just give in your membership of being a preacher. You fraud you. Makes me sick and want to puke when I hear these, these preachers dancing around what the word of God said. It ain't actually what you say. It actually what does the scripture say. Well, you know, I don't want to be the one who judges. And nobody's actually to judge. Fool. It says what the scripture says. That's your arrogance thinking your opinion matter. My opinion don't matter. Thank God is looking up here. But let me see what E.T. thinks about this. You think he gives uh, cares about anything what I say about it? 
Well, let me change that. I think somebody down on the earth is upset with me. Let me change that scripture. He's God Almighty. El Shaddai. Elohim. <laughs> he don't need permission. He don't have to ask for permission. He don't care what a mere human think about him. He's not changing his word because you got offended. On judgment day, you're going to wish you had changed. Then they begin to attack the Lord Jesus again. They say, y'all don't matter if I take my time, do you? Y'all not in the hurry, are you? Because, I mean, we, we got a bit to go here. I, I don't mean to uh, 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 take my time. If, if somebody got to check out, I understand. But we're we going to take, take our time here. Because we, we still got a bit to go. <laughs> then they begin to attack the Lord Jesus. And, and they say, aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon-possessed? Wow. <laughs> that seems very unloving. You're a Samaritan and and demon possessed. Remember when we were in chapter 4. We said that there was hostility between the Jews and the Samaritans. They say not only are you demon possessed. But you are a Samaritan as well. That's an insult. <laughs> That's not an insult. <laughs> That's like a twofer right there boy. <laughs> That's like saying someone you're dumb and ugly. <laughs> you are, you're demon possessed and you're a Samaritan. Yeah. How you like that? <laughs> you're a Samaritan and you're possessed by a demon. Man, they really are hostile towards them Samaritans, aren't they, boy? Jesus then tells them, I am not possessed by a demon. What he says next just makes him, I mean, just makes him want to come loose. <laughs> uh, he says, Verily, truly, I tell you, whosoever obeys my word will never see death. They said, God, this man won't shut up. Then they say, now we know that you are demon-possessed. They didn't throw the Samaritan in there on that one right there. They said, now we know you are demon-possessed. Abraham died, so did the prophets. Yet you say, whosoever obeys your word will never taste death. Are you greater than our father, Abraham? He died, he, and, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? <laughs> they said, who do you think you are? That's what they asked Jesus. Who do you think you are, Jesus, claiming to be greater than Abraham? Now, he could have said, Abraham sinned, but I have not. Oh, my God. He could have easily said that because it would have been true. <laughs> he could have said, Abraham sinned. I didn't. <laughs> Abraham uh, could not die for the sins of the world, uh, but that is coming uh, a little bit in the future. Because <laughs> when I say you will not look for me and I'm be gone, I'm about to die for the sins of the world. Abraham was not sinless enough to die for the sins of the world. He could have pointed to Isaac, who Abraham was about to slay. You remember the story over in the 22nd uh, chapter of uh, Genesis? Uh, but it says that uh, Abraham saw in the thicket was a ram. And the reason is that Isaac's death would have not been sufficient for the forgiveness of sins of anyone. So when it says, here I am, I send me, go and tell this people, be ever hearing, but never understanding, be ever seeing, but never perceiving. That's the prophecy that Isaiah saw in the year that King Uzziah died over in chapter six of Isaiah. Uh, then in the text, Jesus says to them, your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. 
Boy, they, I bet they about to lose their. I bet they, but you know they about to lose it now. Like he just keep antagonizing them almost. Your father Abraham rejoiced at, and thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. They said, you are not even 50 years old. <laughs> and you have seen Abraham. They still not getting it. He just, he didn't tell you. I don't know how many times he got to say it. He's not from here. He existed before he got here. <laughs> they don't, they don't, they just they can't comprehend it. Then what the Lord Jesus says next. They said, they got, we got to stone him now. The next statement is, they're going to pick up rock. They said, we got to kill you now for sure. Because Jesus says in verse 58, Verily, truly, I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. Woo! Wait a minute. They said, we're going to get these stones. We're going to bust upside your head now. You done lost your mind. They said, they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipped away from the temple ground. Some of you don't understand what he just said. Some of you are familiar with the calling of Moses at the burning bush. Did that ring a bell? When, when the Lord called Moses at the burning bush, it was burning, but it wasn't burning up. And uh, Moses, that was, that was Moses' call to the ministry. He was called at an older age. He was a late, late bloomer, 80 years old. He said, I'm going to call you to preach now, Moses. I'm calling you into the ministry. God was sending Moses to the children of Israel that were enslaved in Egypt. But Moses was skeptical about going to tell the people that this God who called him was now sending him to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Moses said to God, suppose I go to Israelites and, they, and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, what is his name? <laughs> they said, what is his name? <laughs> then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me. This is my name forever. The name you should call me from generation to generation. So the reason they were looking to stone Jesus is because he was declaring to be the I am that spoke to Moses. The author of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. No mere man can make these claims and the so-called leaders knew what he was claiming. They said, we ain't that crazy. <laughs> we know exactly what you just said. We're going to stone you. So they say, for that statement, we're going to take you out. Now, we want to hurry over to chapter 9. You thought we was finished. No, we're not finished. Oh, we're going to go over to chapter 9. Now, there's a man over there who's been born blind. You remember the story? I think we covered it a couple of times or we, we skated across it. And guess what? We all were born blind from a spiritual standpoint. See, he's physically blind and he's uh, 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 physical and spiritual blind. See, we, we were born spiritually blind. All people who were born on this earth were born spiritually blind. I don't care who you think you are, how holy you think you are. That's including the Pope. The Pope is still blind, you ask me. But anyway, I digress. Uh, everybody, see Adam and Eve 
was the two that was created. Jesus was born sinless. And Adam and Eve was made, well, Adam was made from the dust. Eve was made from his rib. God did the first uh, surgery there. And so everybody born uh, are born spiritual blind. So the disciples jumped to conclusion without looking at any facts here. And this is a typical problem that most do when they see someone in a bad situation. They assume that every homeless person is on drugs or an alcoholic. But we don't know if a sickness caused them to lose everything. And they, 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 they are having a time getting back on their feet. What if you lost all your money and you were in the hospital, say, for four months? And when you got out, you lost your home, your vehicle, your bank account was depleted, and you had nobody else to help you. How long would it take you to get back on your feet? If you start with no help, you can't ask nobody to help you. See, some people are in that actually that predicament. And that's how they became homeless. You go, you get real sick. You go in the hospital four or five months and you ain't no bills been paid. You ain't making no money. You was already struggling before you even got sick. And now it's even worse. See, the assumption is that is not a bad one from the disciples, though, because all sickness technically is a result of the fall. The disciples say, who's seeing this man or his parents that he was born blind? They're saying it's only door number one or door number two. But we are all guilty of pointing out the punishment of God on others. You know, as good God punish him. Yeah, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. See, we quick when somebody else is getting their punishment. We quick to say, oh, yeah, you got what they deserve. But when we are punished, we never think it's because we sin, do we? Oh, no, we don't ever think that. The reason why I'm being punished, the Lord is just testing me, acting like we Job or something. <laughs> uh, why, 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 why isn't it not that the God is whipping you? Maybe he's whipping on you too, because God whips his children. You know that, right? He whipped his children a whole lot more than he, he punishes the evil people. He said, I'm the devil's children, but we're going to get them sooner or later. It ain't going to be good for them. But when we are punished, we never think it's because I did something wrong. We never think it even cross our mind. Think about how arrogant that is. When we get punished, when somebody else gets punished, it's because they deserve it, because God is punishing them. But whenever we get punished, we don't ever say, maybe the Lord is punishing me. And maybe I need to learn something from God punishing me. We don't even, they don't even cross our mind. The Lord Jesus says, neither this man nor his parents sin, but that but but this has happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Then he says, as long as it is day. Pay attention to this. We must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming. Did you get that? Night is coming. When no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Most of us work when there is daylight. There's exceptions. Some work the night shift or whatever. But the, the concept is daylight gives you room. Like if you're a gardener, most gardeners not going to want to do gardening in the nighttime. You know what I mean? It's absurd. Came and see. You would want to work when there is daylight so you can see. The Lord Jesus is saying there is a time that the Father has given him to finish the work. That time is the daytime. 
See, is the time he needs to be doing the work is the daytime. Is this this is the he's on a schedule. And the father has given him the schedule. That's why he says, uh, working while it's day. Because they're gonna crucify him. You must don't don't forget about that. See, that's the nighttime. When they crucify him. He says in the text, night is coming when no one can work. There's gonna see there, there's gonna be a time that you're not gonna be able to do God's work. And we best get to work doing God's work because night time is coming for each one of us. And at that time, we will not be able to do any work because everybody has an expiration date, whether you know it or not. So you can, don't wait till you're on the deathbed and say, I'm going to start working for the Lord now. So it's best to get started right now while it's day. While you, got, you can make your own decisions now. Then it says, after the Lord has said these words, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. The master has an odd way of doing things. <laughs> Does he not? <laughs> he just spit on the ground. See, he was talking. Night's coming. No one can work. Then he spit on the ground. <laughs> and then he made mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. And the master uh, told the man to go wash in the pool of Salaam. It says, so the man went and washed and came home seeing. Of course, he came back seeing. <laughs> what you expect after the Jesus had told him to go do it? Of course, he came back seeing. I mean, it's like in passing. He did what Jesus says and he came back seeing. Of course, he did. <laughs> it always happens like that when you do what Jesus says. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging acts. This is the amazing part to me. See, this is the part that I, I, I don't know, man. It just it, it does something to me when I read this. Because if I if, if if you're my neighbor and I be seeing you every day out here begging, and all of a sudden you start seeing, I'm not gonna be saying, is he the one? I'm saying, what happened, my brother? How did you get your sight? It's a miracle. Let me rejoice with you. But see, his neighbors, because they still blind, by the way. <laughs> They're blind and yet. Now, he's not blind, physically or spiritually. Uh, it, it says that the neighbors, those who had formerly seen him beg and ask, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Why don't his neighbors know who he is? They didn't pay that much attention to him all this time. He was born like this, and they still don't know who he is. Some claim that he was, and others says, no, he only looks like him. Then he said, he said let me testify, I'm the man. <laughs> I'm the one that used to be begging, yeah, that's me. And it says, uh, how then have your eyes been uh, open? And he replied, the man they call Jesus. Oh, Lord have mercy. That's all I need to know right there. I'll take a lap on that one. His testimony. Come on. I'm, hold on a minute. Let me get this, this blind fella in here. Let me let him testify again. Uh, you the fella that used to be blind, right? Mm -hmm. Used to sit in bed. You was born blind. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's me. Yeah. Uh, could you explain to us? How is it that your eyes is now open? Uh, the man they called Jesus made some mud, put it on my eyes, told me to go to the salon and wash. So I went and washed, then I could see. <laughs> I bet you it was an enthusiasm in his voice. I bet he wasn't saying, you know, yeah, he told me to go wash. And uh, I went over to the Udu salon and I came back seeing, you know. So one of those things, you know. I don't think he actually said it like that. See, I bet he said it like this. The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. 
He told me to go to Salon and watch. So I went and watched and I could see. Praise the Lord up in here. <laughs> so they asked, uh, where is this man? Uh, he, said, I don't, he said, I don't know. Uh, so they brought to the Pharisees the man who was born blind. See, this is what's wrong with so many people. They're anxious to get the approval of the Pharisees who don't even give a flip about them. Why y'all taking them to the Pharisees? Let's do some rejoicing right here. Why, why we need to take them to the Pharisees? See, that's our problem. We got to go get the approval of the so-called leaders. So they brought them to the Pharisees. Now the day, now listen with the Pharisees. The first thing they're going to point out, the day that Jesus did this, put the mud on the man's eyes and opened it was the Sabbath. Notice Jesus do a lot of healing on the Sabbath. <laughs> Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he received his sight. He said, he put mud on my eyes. The man replied, and I watch and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he did not keep the Sabbath. You see, you, you're going to notice a history of these so-called leaders. They don't care that somebody actually is made well. Every time Jesus does a healing, it happens to be on the Sabbath. They're not excited because somebody who was crippled or somebody who was blind or healed. They're always talking about they're following Moses. No, you're not. You are the descendants of those who was going against Moses. Stop saying you following Moses. You liar, you. They said, this man, he couldn't be of God. So the man was born blind and he healed him. And they said he can't be of God because he broke the Sabbath. See, whenever somebody says that, you need to understand these same leaders would circumcise their sons on the Sabbath, which is work. It's a whole lot more work than carrying a mat. It's a whole lot more work. Well, I don't know if it's more work than in, in giving somebody their sight was born blind. But shouldn't they be rejoicing? But when they, when they said this, some of the people in the audience says, how can a sinner perform such signs? <laughs> they said, these Pharisees are supposed to be smart, but this don't sound too logical. So they said he got divided. Then they turned again to the blind man, and we can call him back up here for another testimony. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he, that he opened. See, that's a good testimony. See, that's just, but they, they don't want to really hear the truth. It says that, they admit that it was your eyes who was open. What do you say? And guess what the man says? This is going to make him even mad. He is a prophet. <laughs> they still did not believe that he had been born blind. Because see, now he's calling Jesus a prophet. They said, we, we still don't believe him. Now we got all these witnesses. Yeah, they say he was born but We don't really believe him. So what we're going to do, we're going to have to do is that we're going to go call his parents. Now this is a grown man. <laughs> we need to go get his parents. And uh, we need to ask them. So they sent for the parents. Uh, and they says, um, is this your son? They, they have like open court here. Is, is this your son? Is, is, is this the son that was born to you? Uh, they asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that he can now see? Now, he's already testified and told them how he can see. But see, when people are not looking for the truth, it don't matter if you tell them the truth because they're going to go try to look for an alternative truth because the truth does not fit their narrative. Does that sound familiar? Mm, and I said, no, we don't want that truth right there. If you give us facts, if you give us scientific evidence on whatever it is, 
If you got scientific evidence on the vaccine, if you got scientific evidence on voter fraud, if you got scientific evidence on climate change, if you got scientific evidence on the Big Bang, that don't make no difference. Because it don't fit our narrative. We need to go get some more tests. We need to get somebody who will testify and say what we wanted to say. We need to get an expert witness in here to say what we want him to say. So the parents are here, and, they, and, and the parents are nothing but a bunch of cowards, too. What kind of parents is this? If I was the son, I'd disown my parents. Here I am in Boeing Blunt, I get here, and you're scared about getting kicked out of the synagogue. So the parents said, we, 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 we know he, he is our son. You, you can just see him up there just almost shivering. And, and we know he was born blind, but how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't know. But he's of age. He will speak for himself. It says, parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Can you believe this? I just call this dumbfounding to me. If I had a child who was born blind all his life, I wouldn't care what, you could put me out the country, you could put me out your church or whatever. You remember, that used to be an old song. I don't know if y'all ever heard it. Shirley Caesar used to sing this old song. And I believe the title of the song was Hold My Mule. And she is a, is a song, but she t- talks about this narrative. And I forget the fellow's name. He was an older man who owned uh, like lots of farm. And uh, he had this old mule. And so he, he, he would enjoy this uppity church. But every time they would have church service, uh, I think his name was John, come to think about it. And every time they would have this church service, old John would get happy in church service. And this was a dignified church. They didn't believe that John should be acting like that. He's acting undignified in the church. So all of the elders got together and they went out to that farm that John uh, owned. And they were going to tell John that he was no longer welcome at the church because he's too excited about Jesus. And they was going to tell him, we don't need you in here because you undignified, John. And so all of these, I don't know if it was deacons, elders or whatever, went out to John's farm. And they, they started telling John that, uh, John, you know, we have a dignified church and we get certain dignified people to come in. And, and John, you kind of embarrassing us. How you acting, getting all excited about Jesus. We, just, we excited about Jesus, but we don't want everybody to know about it. So what we're going to tell you is that you're going to have to just stop coming to our church. And Shirley Caesar tells the story. She says, oh, John says, he told him, he said, you see all this land here? All this land I'm standing on? God gave that to me. And he starts pointing out all the goodness that God did for them. He says, so if I can't come to your church no more, he said, tell you what I want you to do. Hold my mule while I get my shot on right now. (laughs) Oh, John said, you're not going to stop me from praising God. Just because you bunch of stiff-necked folks are embarrassed by him. He said, you're not going to stop me. Uh, It ain't going to work like that. Hold my mule. (laughs) So uh, this is, if I was the parents, this is what I would have said. Yeah, you can hold my mule because you're not finna stop me. My son was born blind. My son uh, had been uh, uh, afflicted all his life. And all of a sudden he tells us that some man named Jesus healed him. And they too big of a coward to even say that. If I was, uh, if I was this blind man, I'd have said, I'm a, you hold my mule. I'm about, to, I'm about to get my shot on right now. So they said they sec- they, the second time they summoned the man because they had put him out. They said, you go out while we get your parents to testify just in case we don't want them to just say stuff around you. 
Oh, what a bunch of coward parents. That's sickening to me. So they call him back in. And you know what they say? Okay, they say, tell you what. Give glory to God by telling the truth. We know that this man is a sinner. And, and the fellow replied, <laughs> whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know. I was blind, but now I see. See, you can't argue with the testimony. <laughs> he says, you can talk all you want to about him being a sinner or whatever. All I know is none of y'all hooked me up. All I know is I was born blind. None of y'all ever did anything for me. This fella comes up, spits on the ground, made clay of the spitter, told me to go wash in the pool of salon. I came back seeing. Now, it's funny that you saying that he's a sinner. All I know is I once was blind, but now I see. Sing that song, uh, brother, <laughs> brother blind man. Then they ask him, what did he do to you? See, they don't even want the truth. They're just trying to keep on asking him. Maybe he'll change his testimony. <laughs> because the parents uh, got scared. He said, I'm not, I was blind. So I ain't got nothing to lose. He put me out the temple. I don't care. What did he do? They says. And he answered, I have told you already. And you did not listen. Listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Uh-oh. Woo, you shouldn't have said that, buddy. You got to go now. They said they started hurling insults at him and said, you are, you are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. See, if anybody keep on saying they're the disciples of Moses this much, it's obvious they're not the disciples of Moses. Because you ain't got to keep saying it. You're the disciples of the ones who went against Moses. So every time you see them saying, we're the disciples of Moses, just rephrase that we are the disciples of those who went against Moses. We are the disciples of those who was building the golden calf. They said, we know that God spoke to Moses. No, you don't. You don't know God spoke to Moses because you're not abiding by what Moses said anyway. Trying to kill an innocent man. You got some nerve. First, they was talking about their descendants of Abraham. Now we uh, we know that God spoke to Moses. But as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. That's interesting. <laughs> the man answered, "Now that's remarkable. Can you? Can you, I, I, I like this blind man because now he didn't got bold. He's feeling himself. Now he said, what, let the chip fall where they may.' He said, now, this is remarkable. <laughs> you don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes.'" We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Woo, preach that thing, blind man. That could be a sermon. Blind man preaches to the so-called leaders. He says, nobody, listen what the blind man says. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were, from, were, were not from God, he could not do such a thing. Did you hear what he just said? He said, in the history of the world, can you ever name where somebody was born blind, born blind, and they were given sight? Mm, mm, mm. Mercy, mercy me. Mm, mm, mm. Boy, that man, that blind man is preaching that sermon. You preach that thing. And he ain't apologizing either. His parents are scared, but he said, no, I ain't got nothing to lose at this point right here. I was blind. This fella that hooked me up, you want me to deny my uh uh, it's remarkable that you say you don't know where he's from, but all I know is that God does not hear and do these type of things through sinners. He said, even I know this. <laughs> if this man were 
not from God. He could do no such thing. Then they said, you were steeped in sin at birth. I dare you lecture us. They threw him out. They said, get out of this synagogue. Dare you try to lecture us. You're supposed to agree with everything we say. And if you don't agree with us, we're going to blackball you. We're going to kick you out the synagogue. You're not welcome here anymore. And if your parents ever agree with you, they're not welcome anymore. So Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And uh, when he found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? <laughs> he said, who is he, sir? <laughs> uh, tell me that I may believe in him. <laughs> I like this blind man right here. He ain't blind no more. He said, you have now seen him. He said, first I was talking to you. I'm the one that hooked you up. But now you see him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you right now. Listen, the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Did you get that one? Mm-hmm. He worshiped him. Isn't that blasphemy if he ain't God? He says, Lord, I believe. He said, let me give my worship on. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm going to give you uh, some praises right now because you hooked me. I don't care what they say about you <laughs> because I want to get to know this son of man you're talking about. Because this fella hooked me up. So I'm going to worship you right now, Lord. Then Jesus says, for judgment I have come into the world. So that the blind will see. And those who see will become blind. They say, you always talking that strange talk, Jesus. Why don't you just speak plainly? Whenever you speak plainly, they don't get it anyway. Because unspiritual people will not get spiritual concepts, period. It's not hard to understand. Nicodemus, you must be born again. They're not going to get it. No matter how plain Jesus speaks to them. He said, I came from the Father. I'm the only way. You're going to die in your sins if you don't believe in me. They said, could you speak plainly? How much plainer can you get? For judgment I have come into the world so that the blind will see. And those who, will be, and who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him and said, what? Are we blind too? And listen to what Jesus says to him. If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, you are, your guilt remains. So in other words, you won't confess your sins. <laughs> see, you're saying we see. Oh yeah, we, 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 we've already seen the marvelous light. We are the descendants of Abraham. We are the disciples of Moses. We see just plainly, even though they're contradicting everything Jesus says. He said, it'll be good if you were blind. Then you would not be guilty of sin. See, this fellow over here, he was blind. He admitted it. And now, see, he's seeing now. The Samaritan woman, yeah, she was blind at first, but now she sees. Nicodemus was blind, but now he sees. See, it's easy to talk about how much you love Jesus and you don't want to follow his command. If you love me, you will do what I say. If you love me, you would also uh, uh, love the one who sent me. And it's impossible to love the one who sent me or to say you follow the one who sent me if you don't love me. <laughs> Remember when he said to Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. See, love is the thing that keeps it all together. The reason Jesus performed these miracles is not just to show out. Of course he was the Messiah. Of course he was the chosen one. It was his job. To come set the captives free. But he was doing this because out of love. 
See, love provokes you to do stuff. Because have you ever seen people say, the reason I did it is because I just love her so much. I just love him so much. Love provokes Jesus. See, see, he got agape love, though. See, some of that love that we talking about really not love. It's infatuation. But I'm saying he has the perfect love. He has a godly love. In spite of our sins, in spite of our shortcomings, he loved us in spite of. That's what John is saying. See, it sounds harsh when Jesus is talking to these so-called leaders. But you notice how Jesus deals with the people. He's bringing them into his sheep pen. He's, none of his sheep will be lost. My sheep know my voice. And a stranger they will not follow. So uh, he's inviting. Uh, he, everywhere he goes, he went to Cana. Then he, he went over to Samaria. Uh, he went to Galilee. He's just going around and about. Gathering up his sheep. And he's doing it out of love. He said, he, I have mercy on them. Even when they was out there. Remember they followed Jesus all into the desert. They were hungry. He said, well, we're going to get bread from the feet of all these people. He said, I'm not going to send them away hungry. Out of love, he wouldn't send them away hungry. It's because Jesus. See, when the Bible says God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. We repeat that so much we forget it. God so loved the world. I don't know why that could be offensive. It says love. God so loved the world. That he gave. That's offensive to me really. (laughs) Well offend me some more. Then give me some more. God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him. Shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the message that John is displaying throughout his gospel. And he's doing a fantastic job too. John says it's out of love that Jesus is doing this. That's why John says, I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. It was love that kept him on the cross. He said, I could call 12 legions of angels. I don't have to do this. I'm I'm, I'm volunteer. No man takes my life. I lay it down. See, we think that uh, the so-called leaders in the Romans thought that they was actually taking Jesus' life. He said, no man take my life. I lay it down. I got power to lay it down. I got power to pick it up. And see, this is offensive to some people, which I don't know why. I don't understand why the gospel should be offensive to anyone. He's giving you a gift. Most people love gifts. I just don't understand the hostility. Because you know what it is? It's arrogance. It's people really do think they are good enough to get to heaven. Just think about the evil thoughts that go through your mind sometimes. Just think about the things you have done wrong. That ought to draw you to the cross right there by yourself. And let's think about the stuff nobody else knows about too. That should be enough to get you to the cross. Thinking about how much you you have done wrong and in spite of your wrongdoing, if you were the only person on earth, Jesus would have came and died for your sins still. That's something else right there. I don't know. Greater love had no man than a man lay down his life for friends. I don't know how many people you're willing to die for, but it ain't many. (laughs) It ain't many I'm willing to die for, boy. Especially a bunch of people who don't even like me. While we were yet sinners, Christ died 
for the ungodly. I don't know about you, but that's fantastic news to me. You may be offended by it, but that's fantastic news to me. Oh, what, what is that? God want to give me a gift? Yes, I will accept it. Yes, thank you so much for the gift, God. Your son, Jesus, the best gift ever. That's the best gift you can ever get. Merry Christmas, he says. <laughs> Your gift is Jesus. The best gift. That's, that's the gift that keeps on giving. Jesus, according to the gospel of John. Whosoever will, let them come. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for another day. Thank you for watching over us, Father. We thank you for everything you've done for us. We realize that not because of our goodness, but it's because of your mercy and your grace that you allowed us to see another day. There's people who's better than all of us who's died and already gone. But you saw fit to leave us here. So that means you have work for us to do. Father, we pray that you will empower those in the common sense nation. Let them be soldiers for you. Let them stand for truth. Let them try to snatch those that love out of the fiery furnace into the marvelous light. We pray for them and their families. We pray, Lord, that you would bless them. We pray that you would touch their hearts and their minds. We pray for their family. We pray that you save their families. We pray, Lord, that they will become great disciples of you and lead a life that will be pleasing to you. We, we thank God for you, for the Lord Jesus Christ who came and died for us. We thank you for that gift. Thank you for sending your son to die for our sins. And we pray for all those in the common sense nation, Lord. We pray that one day we will celebrate in heaven. All of us in the common sense nation will celebrate in the heaven Remembering how we used to uh, praise you on the air and praise you everywhere we went. That's going to be a joyous time. We thank you for bringing us safely this far. And we ask you, forgive us of all our sins and our shortcomings. We pray that you would sanctify our hearts and our minds in everything we do. It's in Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. And amen. Thank you all for joining us today. I hope something was said that can help you be fuel, get your fuel for the week. Because we need the fuel up just like you need to fuel up your car. You need to fuel up on the gospel. It, it takes you through the week. I don't know how some people can make it every week in and week out and don't spend time with God, boy. I'm telling you, I feel refreshed. After I spend a little time with the master, he said, have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your problems. <laughs> yeah, have a little talk with Jesus. Uh, that's our fourth. Now, next week we'll be doing um, uh, the fifth lesson. And as we said, um, I think we're going we're gonna to keep We're going to have to keep it at eight o'clock. If it's all right with y'all, we're going to keep it at eight o'clock for a little while. And if y'all start lacking it at 8, we may just keep it all together at 8. Uh, because uh, that way everybody got a chance to finish doing what they're doing on Sunday. If they want to go to their regular church service or whatever, you still have a chance to do that and then come. Uh, Christy says she likes the, the, the Sunday better. JLC says, I feel clean. I feel cleansed myself too, JLC. I'm not going to lie to you. I feel better now. I, I, I was feeling a little down. I feel better after... 
spending time with God's people and spending time in His Word. Now, if something was said and somebody got something out of you, like to make a contribution, you can. GLC has put our links in the chat room, and if you're not uh, in the um, chat room, you can go over to the website commonsensenation.net. Commonsensenation.net. We have a page on there for the gospel, and we are still working on. I don't know about. Uh, Seems like we're working on 15 things at once, but within the next month, we should have a lot. Some of these things knocked out because you said. Remember, we said we was going to eventually uh, peel off in the. The gospel page uh, website is going to be set on its own, but we're still working on many things, and we're still trying to earn a living while we're working on those things. So we're working on We're going to get them done, though. Don't worry about it. With God's help, we're going to get them done because we're going to do what's pleasing. And and we're never going to stop doing the gospel messages because that's more important than anything. So I I promise God that uh, as long as he gives me breath, I want to keep doing the messages. So... When I, when I figured that I couldn't do it at a, at a regular uh, time, we said we're going to have to change the time because I want to do it live. I didn't want to do a pre-recording and do it. I wanted to do it live. So next Sunday we'll be at we'll be here at 8 Central, uh, 9 Eastern time again. So if anybody misses at the regular time, I, I did a, a post on Facebook also telling everybody. So just in case uh, somebody forgets, we'll remind you again next week. Uh, we'll try to. We're gonna be doing it at this time for a little while, until I get some other things off the plate because I'm starting a whole lot of things and trying to get some of these things off plate. And I'm and uh, on Sundays I'm waking up at seven and I'm busy all day long doing some things that we have to do. So um, the only time we can do it is it is about eight o'clock at night. And believe me, I had just walked in the house. Um, probably at about 7.25 my time. And so I didn't have but about, I've been studying and um, every break I get, I study during the week and every time I get a break, I study what I'm doing now. Uh, I'm studying while I'm doing it. So by the time I got in the house, I didn't have but like 35 minutes. I did a quick Facebook post and then tried to get ready. So we're going to be faithful to the, to the, uh, uh, what the Lord uh, has, uh, and we're gonna, we gonna, and we gonna, we gonna, we gonna, we're not gonna rush either. When we, when we, when we, when we do the message, I don't believe in trying to rush. If it takes, so some remember sometimes we used to do, we used to take, try to finish right at an hour. I said, why, why are we rushing trying to finish right at an hour, or forty five minutes or whatever? If it takes longer, somebody has to go. They can always listen to the rest of it. But we're not finna try to rush God. We're gonna take our time with God, just like we take our time when we want to do things we like doing. We're gonna take our time. If if it takes an hour and a half, if it takes two hours, if it takes three hours, that's how long we're gonna take in order to uh, finish what God has to say. Because I I don't want to do what I gotta say. What I say don't make no difference. We're gonna do what God says. So if if it takes us two hours to do it, we're gonna do it for two hours. If it takes two and a half hours, we're going to take two and a half hours. We're not rushing through it. We're going to take our time, and we're going to spend as much time with God. Uh, I think it's important that we do spend time with Him. It makes you feel refreshed. It's like taking a bath. If you've been outside, you've been sweating, and you're all dirty and filthy, you go in and take a shower. You tell me you don't feel better. You tell me you don't feel better when you go take a shower. I know I feel better. Matter of fact, I need to go take one right now. Because I'm gonna feel better after um, 
after I take my shower. So uh, I, I don't care. We're going to take our time. Uh, Arkansas Twiggy said, all on God's time, Doc. <laughs> Uh, Christy uh, says that I feel like it's a bonus when he when he goes over. Yeah, we're going to take our time, boy. Uh, how, how long have we been? We've been about an hour and a half now. So um, next week we may be two hours. We may take two hours. We may go on and on, boy. So we're not going to rush through it. You got to listen to the rest later. Just listen to the rest later. But I got to get me something to eat now and take a shower. I'm hungry and I'm dirty. So... God bless y'all and God keep you is our prayer. Pray for us. We're going to pray for y'all. We're going to keep y'all in our prayer too. God bless you.